guys, welcome to Trinity Church Online. For more information, please visit us at ourtrinity.org or you can find us on Facebook at Trinity Church of Wheat Ridge or even on Instagram at Trinity Church CO. No matter where you are today, we are glad that you have joined us here. How many of you are sanctuaries? We all are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, amen? I love that song, Behold Your God. Man, that is just an awesome, awesome song. Hey, before I get into the message, there was a statement that was made in my class today, and I was asked if I could repeat that statement because it's uh, so relevant for where we live. So here's the statement before we get into the message today. Uh, We seem to be focused on physical healing today, becoming physically safe especially because of the coronavirus. Physical healing, physical safety. What about spiritual healing? How about spiritual safety? I think sometimes we need to not just be focused in on the physical healing, but on the spiritual healing. And we're going to see the need of that, really, in this parable we're going to look at. We're talking about meeting ourselves, meeting ourselves in these parables. And we've only got about two, two more weeks of these parables, and then we'll be done. But today we're going to be looking at the worst prison. And we're going to be looking at the parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18. If you want to turn there, we'll get there in just a minute. But from 1933 to 1963, it served as a federal prison. Now, 26 prisoners tried to escape, but only five were successful. And the Spanish name for that prison was the Isle of the Pelicans, but we know it best as Alcatraz. But I want to suggest to you that the worst prison is not and was not Alcatraz, because Alcatraz could only contain the body, and the parable that Jesus is going to be telling us about talks about a different kind of prison, one that shackles the inner man. We put ourselves into this prison. It's a self imposed prison and the worst prison is unforgiveness unforgiveness is the worst prison an unforgiving spirit that is created by a person who will not forgive their brother or their sister in Christ and this prison is found in this parable that we're going to be looking at of the unmerciful servant let's go to Matthew 18 And we want to begin reading at verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that they, that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. 
But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came out and told the master all that, he, that they had done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had on pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Let's pray. Father, self-imposed prisons are the worst. They enslave us. There's no freedom there. And unforgiveness is the worst prison. So, Lord, unlock this parable for us. Then work it into our life and into our family's life and into our church's life and even our nation's life. Lord, we're here to be taught by you, to be impacted by you. Release us, any one of us, from this prison of unforgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in order to understand this parable, we're going to have to look at the setting of the parable then we're going to look at the meaning of the parable and then the application. So the first thing we want to look at is the setting of the parable. We have to understand its setting. Now, this parable was not told in a vacuum. There were lessons that were to be learned and there were stories that were told well before this one. And we need to understand its context. Number one, before this parable, the disciples had asked a question. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Look at Matthew 18, verse 1. and says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, instead of naming one of the disciples, which I think they expected, Jesus points to a little child and says, Such is the kingdom of heaven. It was a lesson in humility. A lesson in humility. Also before this parable, Jesus had taught his disciples that they were to be open and honest with one another and that they were to confess their sins and to seek forgiveness. Look at verses 15 through 20 of Matthew 18. It says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained a brother. 
But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to hear it to the church, then let him be to you as a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, and that's just in the context of forgiveness, will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you that two or three agree on earth concerning anything, that if they ask, it will be done for them, for my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So the first step here was to go to a brother if you have a personal difference with him and keep it private. Now, if that doesn't work, then you take one or two believers with you as a witness to pray, to counsel. And if that fails, then the whole issue needs to be brought before the church. Now we get to the point where Peter had a problem with all of this. And he asked this question in verse 21. Well, how often should I forgive my brother? Should I forgive him seven times? Now, this was generous because the rabbi said you only had to forgive three times. But Peter, and I want you to notice here, made several mistakes that are revealed in his question. First, he assumed that his brother was going to sin against him, not he against his brother. He had missed the lesson on humility. Then he wanted some kind of rule, some kind of guide in this personal conflict that I have with somebody. He wanted to be able to measure forgiveness. Uh, so I can go this far and then no further. But Jesus had already taught here that there cannot be true forgiveness unless there is sin that is confessed and dealt with. Now, Jesus was talking about brothers here, too. He wasn't talking about outsiders. This isn't a principle that applies to those outside of faith. Now, the judgment we're going to see a little later on for not forgiving a brother or a sister is here and now, not in the future, but here and now. Because every problem that we face with another brother is an opportunity either for growth or for judgment. So we're either going to grow in this opportunity or we're going to face judgment in this opportunity. If we obey God, we're going to grow. If we disobey God, then we're going to be judged. Now this man, in this parable, put himself in a self-imposed prison. Now here and now, today, we are either forgiving... Or we're unforgiving. And we're going to experience the consequence of either forgiving or unforgiving. That's the background. The setting for this parable. Now let's go look at the meaning of this parable. The meaning. We have to understand the meaning of this parable. Now the king audited the books here. And one of his subjects owed him 10,000 talents. Now I want to put this in perspective. One talent would be equivalent to 20 years of wages. So this is 200,000 years of wages. And the king forgave the servant because he had compassion on the servant and on his family. Now you would have thought that the servant in turn, because he had received so much forgiveness, that he would go out and share that forgiveness, but he didn't. Instead, he arrested the man, now notice this, that owed him a hundred denarii, that is four months' wages. 
So you're comparing four months' wages with 200,000 years of wages. Now in this parable, Jesus is going to teach us three levels of forgiveness. And that's where we're going to find its meaning. If we understand these three levels of forgiveness, we're going to be able to evaluate ourselves at the end of the message. The first level of forgiveness is receiving forgiveness. You have to receive it. See, I forgive you the debt. Now, what if this man would not have received it? But you see, the servant received it, and he walked out an absolutely free man. He had received forgiveness. Now, he didn't deserve forgiveness. He didn't do anything to deserve a pardon. His forgiveness was the result of the compassion of the king, his master. Now, I want to suggest to you that as as, uh, sinners, we're all bankrupt. We owe God more than 200,000 years of wages, folks, because of our sin. We're forgiven. Not because we deserve it. Not because we didn't earn it, but because God assumes the loss. God assumes and pays the debt. And he goes on and he grants us pardon. But we must receive it. Now here's the thing. In Jesus Christ, how many of you have already received the pardon of your sin? All of us. It's already been paid. But we have to in our heart, that's our, that's our standing with God, but in our experience, we have to continue to receive that forgiveness. The second level of forgiveness here, we've got to experience forgiveness. We must experience it. See, to receive forgiveness is one thing. It's another thing to have the gift of being able to forgive because we've been forgiven. It's got to be something in our heart where we've experienced that forgiveness in our heart. It takes more than receiving forgiveness to have a changed life. It it takes experiencing it. See, if the heart is not in our receiving forgiveness, then it's not going to be in our experiencing it either. See, what made this worse is this man not only did he, he received it, but he didn't experience it, and so it's made his heart even bitter, more bitter, more hatred. He should have been more loving. He should have been more forgiving. But instead, he wasn't. The the, the experience, he denied. And as a result, not only did it injure him, it injured others, his whole family. So the heart has to receive forgiveness. And then the heart has to experience that forgiveness in your own life. See, we who have been set free... We have been forgiven. We've received it. Are we experiencing that forgiveness? See, we should not live as if we are in a prison that we put ourselves into. It's a self-imposed prison. God doesn't put us there. He's already given us forgiveness. We're to experience that forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the third level. This is the most difficult. Sharing forgiveness. We must share forgiveness. Not only do we receive forgiveness and experience that forgiveness, we need to go share that experience with others. Now, this forgiving servant would not share forgiveness. 
And there is a consequence. I want you to notice this. There is a consequence for not sharing forgiveness. The servant was thrown into prison along with his family. And all of them had to suffer. He had received it, but he didn't experience it. And he went further by not even sharing what he had received and experienced. Self-imposed. Prison. I want to go to two other passages. Hold your, hold your place in here because we're going to come back to it. Look at Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Are you there with me? I'm not there yet, so you might get me ahead of it. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 32. Be ugly and mean and sour and grumpy towards one another. That's what it says? Just seeing if you're in the passage or not. Because I could say it, you believe it because you haven't. What does it say? It says, be kind. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, and the result of being kind and tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Have we been forgiven by Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah, 200,000 days, years of wages. As we have received. We are to be tenderhearted and kind and be able to show forgiveness. Look at Colossians chapter 3, right after the book of, of Colossians, or after the book of Philippians. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bearing one another. Oh, man. That's hard sometimes. Bear with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Is that an option? No, it's a command. Now, instead of showing forgiveness, this servant showed anger and violence and condemnation. I want you to notice something here. In verse 26... Back to Matthew chapter 18. Now actually, it's a lack of something. I want you to see if you can see, find this lack of something in verse 26. It says, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. Now notice this last phrase, I will pay you all. Now hang on to that. I don't think he was really convinced he was a sinner. He'd been caught. And he was sorry he was caught, but he was not sorry that he had sinned. See, nowhere does he admit he'd done anything wrong here. There's an omission here. He'd simply been caught. He's not willing to admit that he'd done anything wrong. Now notice that there can be no experience of forgiveness until first there's a deep sense of sin and need. Let me repeat that. There can be no deep experience of forgiveness until there's first a deep sense of sin and need. There was neither one in this man. Why do I say that? Look at his pride. I will pay you all. Are you kidding me? There's no way he could have paid it all. How many lifetimes would he have had to live to pay off 200,000 years of wages? 
Oh, I will pay you all. You're going to notice the person he forgave didn't, the little word all isn't in there. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. This servant's motive was revenge. And I want to tell you that revenge cannot live in the same heart as forgiveness. You're either going to have revenge or forgiveness. Get even or forgiveness. Now we've got to come down to where the rubber meets the road. We've got to apply this principle. Oh, man. We've seen the setting. We've seen the three levels of meaning. To apply this principle is very simple and very difficult. We must live it. You apply this principle by living it. And you can do that by taking inventory of our heart. This is how you're going to apply it. So here, here's the inventory. Number one, have you received forgiveness? Have you received forgiveness? You do that, you do that by trusting Jesus. Forgiveness is not earned. It is a gift from God. And I want to tell you, the person who's going to get forgiveness from you is not something that is earned. It is a gift from you as well. So have you received forgiveness? Second, have you experienced forgiveness? Has your heart been broken? Has you thought about God's great love and mercy towards you? And the next time you find yourself judging somebody or find yourself getting a hard heart or judgmental spirit, let me suggest that you get alone with God and experience again the depth of His forgiveness for you. That makes sense? Are you sharing forgiveness? Having received it, having experienced it for yourself, are you now sharing forgiveness? And you need to forgive with your heart. Not with your head. To harbor a hateful spirit, you're going to put yourself in a self-appointed prison. And the test of forgiveness is freedom. There it is. If you're not free, you haven't forgiven. If you're not free from this person, you haven't forgiven. If you're not free from this person, you haven't forgiven. If you're not free from this person, you have not forgiven. The test of forgiveness is freedom. Otherwise, you're still in prison. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wanted to say it so many times that you don't forget it. Man, I have to learn this. You'll never be free ever by harboring resentment or grudges. You'll be self-imposing yourself into prison. It's interesting now, folks, I want you to notice this at the very end. It's very interesting that this unforgiving servant not only went to prison, he was committed to the tormentors. Do you get that? The unforgiving heart is always going to experience torment, both mentally and physically. That's the payment of unforgiving heart and the remedy for unforgiveness is a little word found in verse 33 compassion 
compassion. When Jesus looked at me, he had compassion for my sin and forgave the debt that I could never pay back. We too should have compassion just as God has shown compassion to us. So we'll bring it down before we have our, a time of sharing today. We're going to get to share today at the end of our, our service. So I hope you're prepared uh, to share uh, prayer requests or needs. I know we have one for sure we want to hit today. But have you received forgiveness? Have you experienced forgiveness? Are you sharing what you have received? Are you sharing what you have experienced? Are you sharing forgiveness? Or are you withholding what you have received? Are you withholding that which you've experienced and not sharing it? Now, your forgiveness is going to cause growth and it's going to cause freedom. Your unforgiveness is going to cause judgment and torment. And you'll be imprisoned. Let's pray. Father, meet us in this parable. Meet me in this parable. Father, thank you that this is here. Because we all struggle with this in one way or another, big, small, little, doesn't really matter. There's no measure to I forgive 70 times 7. I forgive as I have received and how I have experienced. And I'm to share that with compassion. Boy, show us how to do that. Because we don't know how. Lord, just work these parables into our hearts and lives. Change us, reform us, conform us to the image of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen.